<laughs> How are you? How's everyone? Good. Good. Um, well, hanging in there, I guess. That's yeah. That's where I'm putting it. Yeah, Trying to sure. keep cool. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yes. Uh, great to see everyone. Great to see you all. Yeah, you. it's been some time. Yeah. Yeah. We. Um, um, I should do some housekeeping shout-outs first. Um, uh, people who are watching this on YouTube Live can uh, uh, put comments in the in the comment section in the in the live chat, and uh, if they have any questions for one of us or to us all, then uh, they can put it there, and we can drag them into the screen and um, and answer your questions. Or you know, if you want to say hi, just say hi, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's it basically. Um, oh, there I see some familiar names um, popping up. All the stream punks are here, looks like that. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> anyway, so yes, I see Shifted and Saya are nicely uh, hanging out in their studios. Um, Cozy. Some interesting stuff going on there. Um, yeah, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a big mess. I moved in literally like a month before we got locked down. So it's kind of uh, cobbled together at the minute. Okay. Where, so, where are you based? Where are you uh, based? London. But I mean, I was London. living in London before. Like I moved back from Berlin two and a half years ago now, something like that, four, three years ago. Uh, but we moved. I mean, we moved like three times since being back here, and we moved again just before we locked down. So as quickly as I could to keep me sane. <laughs> so you got everything working by now? Uh, yeah. In the studio. When yeah. It wants to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I see behind you um, uh, some modular, and also at uh, Guy's studio, I see some modular stuff. Um, yeah. Can you tilt your laptops? To, we can have a little I bit of a, a view. Yeah. Or yeah. nice. Oi! Ooh! Oi! <laughs> Blinking lights. Yeah. Oh look! Oh oh! Look at you guys! Both of yeah. you. This is pretty much everything that I use now, really. I kind of, I've got some electron bits and pieces as well, but pretty much okay. everything is coming out of there now. I got wow. a really nice sampler, and that kind of killed off any any need for me to use anything else. And keeping it all in that in the bar. What, sa what sampler? What sampler are you using? Um, it's a Rosum uh, assimilator, okay. uh, and Dave. I think it's Dave Rosum. Used yeah. to work for Emil. Rossum. Yeah, yeah, Rossum. Rossum. Dave Rossum. Rossum. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I'm very happy with it. It's like eight outputs, eight triggers. Oh, nice. Oh, eight triggers as well. Eight triggers. Um, great. Polyphonic. Yeah. All, all bells and whistles, basically. Uh, you can get polyphonic stuff going in it quite easily, quite interesting, just by sampling individual notes and triggering oh, them. Oh, wicked. Yeah. It's uh interesting. Since I got that, like, can I you really... type that in the? Can you type that in the chat? Because I want yeah, I want to look sure. that up. See see sure. what we're talking about. Okay, so yeah, Steffi again yeah. again showing some uh, tempt <laughs> <laughs> showing a little bit tempted. I mean, I've, looks like I've, all of uh, you've been the only person uh, not, uh, not ca cap yeah. capable, yeah, capable of holding off, and all all, all other three of us are uh, are victims. Uh, 
in the Eurek. I got to be honest with you. Like when, when Robin uh, mailed me all the stuff that we discussed when I was part of the f- my first not twiddling uh, invite, like I, I was really excited and then I started to browse and I had some things and I was like, all right, what am I going to order? And then I looked at like, is that, is it anything that I in my drum synthesizer haven't got that this can do that I can't do? And then, then, and then the, the, the Pulsar 23 popped up and there was another, a couple of things. And then I was like, at some point I just like, boom, I mm-hmm. finished. I just closed the laptop. I was like, all right, now it's not the time. So I'm still, yeah. I'm still, um, safe. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been uh, ordering anything. <laughs> You haven't been infected. It was hard. No, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I already start asking, like, okay, what kind of uh, box was Joachim uh, showing me, and what's the best thing, and is, is it can I travel with it, and how can I uh, blah 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 blah? And then he was like really eager to show me all the things, and I was like, oh god, I should be uh, maybe focus on getting through COVID, and then when things yeah. are picking up again, Worry then about maybe. That later. Yeah, this is what yeah, I tell myself every yeah. time I open the Schneider's website. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the problem. Yeah. There's all these little doors that you open, and you can once you go through one of them, it just leads you down another door and another door. It's like, oh, what's this 500 series? And then you get a oh, 500 yes. series case, and then you start delving into that, and then you get into Eurorack, and that's just obscene how addictive it is. And, yeah, I mean, you just... Especially, we were living five minutes from Schneider's lab, and me and James were kind of yeah, <laughs> near. It was just too much, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, I miss those times. A little really, bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you 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 got into it and uh, um, recently then, right? I mean, you said now everything's coming from the the modular. So how, when did I mean, you make the I've, transition? And is no, it is it, had, is, is it like a true transition, or or is it just an addition to your um, existing? I think at one stage I had a kind of smallish system and I was just kind of setting up a patch, like a kind of basic synthesizer patch or whatever and using it like like a tool, like like anything else in the studio. Um, And then at some point I kind of got into the idea of having everything coming from there. And what I like about using modular is sometimes a patch, it becomes its own little ecosystem like different elements are making other things happen like through various connections that I mean sometimes even when you set up something wrong it will do something interesting so you get all these everything is affecting everything else like you open up the fucking decay on something and then just you know the the, the entire patch will come to life and I think just exactly that is the amazing thing about modular and that's what I've never got with anything else and I think since I kind of Particularly now, I've got samples in there as well, and I've got it's such high quality, and like it, it sounds like it's coming directly from a drum machine, or you know, if it's coming straight from Ableton. Uh, it's so clean and precise that since I got that, it's kind of really taken over, and that was like a year ago. Mm. Um, and then as soon as I got this thing, and like I had a more of a need for additional sequences, so I've got one sequencer that's driving anything melodic really it's like one? an eight channel it's an eloquencer i think oh, yeah. a lot of people a lot of people yeah. went for that i think it's kind of pretty much standard a lot of people setups these days and then i've got a erica Synth's drum sequencer which is like a 16 output uh gate sequencer basically 
Um, I'm, so just, I'm just looking at the sampler that you've just sent. Yeah, super um, nice. Sorry. Highly recommended. Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, it looks really uh, the, only, the only problem with it is when, when you get it, it's like you suddenly need a lot of additional filters and a lot yeah. of additional envelopes and whatever. So it's one of these things that you buy and then you need to buy a bunch of other stuff as well just to drive it. Eight new filters, eight new envelopes. Yes, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, James? Really when when um, when did you get into it? Uh, so it must have been... Uh, about seven years ago but really yeah, yeah. it was a very like kind of tentative toe in the water i remember i was with guy and he convinced me to buy the first couple of modules actually mm. like um we kind of both got into it at the same time and i i mean at, at that stage i was really still doing most stuff in the box like um and i was kind of a little bit nervous of like, hardware and stuff like that to be honest and so I thought the best way to do it was obviously to, to dive straight in the deep end and, and, and get involved in modular. Like, I, I didn't really think that one through. But... Yeah, I remember I remember that. I remember, like, I think Lilith Schneiders and I persuaded you to buy the... You were just the like, you can, run, you can just run your synths and drum machine. Yeah, just, just yeah, like, run stuff fine. through yeah. it, you know, just make yourself like a little Euro rack effects. You effects match. But, of course, as soon I mean, as you get I, one, I think... that was a lot of fun. And then you want another thing and, you know... It's, it's, it's exactly what Guy said. It's like it's, uh, it's each module is a little gateway to another module before you mm. know it. Like, I mean, I've been now making 99% of everything I, I do or, or put out in the modular for a while, I guess. But I'd say actually in the last six months, I've re-fallen in love with stuff in the box again, to be honest. Like, I just got the Summit as well because I wanted a big polyphonic synth rather than, like, just everything there being patched and kind of geeked around with. I wanted something that was a bit more playable and hands-on. Mm. I mean, there's there's certain things. I mean, that, for me, is, is one of the, the pitfalls of modular. It being very sequencer-driven, sometimes I get stuck in... I'm trying to do an idea and... I'm just using a sequencer when really I should just be touching something and like hitting like something at the right moment, just adding little touches to something rather than always getting stuck I mean, in you the can idea of like a loop. You can obviously set the modular up to do that, but I think of just course, because, yeah. because of how it is, it, you, because of how it is, or at least yeah. I tend towards exactly what you're describing. And so I yeah. kind of thought that an actual something standalone polyphonic would exactly yeah make me make me play more rather than. Mm. Just patch, mm. but it seems it seems that um, yeah. Because I, mean, I was gonna I, I was gonna throw in a... no go Steffi. Yeah. No, I was gonna throw in a little bit of a a question, um, like because like I bumped into um, to quite a few uh, uh, Eurorack fans, and 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 I have to say the majority were were like doing techno. And now here's a question that I'm very curious about. You think that's like, an, is that like the most logical progression from people who've, who've been doing a lot of techno over the years, that that's where the curiosity uh, goes when you've, when, you, when you've done that type of music, that that's easier to kind of drift away into modular than if you would say, for example, write pop music or more like house music or, you know, just a little bit more melodic kind of stuff. I, I think, I, I think... Now I think what are, I you, think, what are your thoughts on that? 
uh, first, let's say hi to our friend Surgeon. He's uh, oh, hey, hi, Tony. 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 What's up, Tony? What's up? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I think it can be um, uh, anything to anybody. You know, if you if you want to, uh, you you can make a setup which is yeah. uh, set up just to do uh, effects, or you can make a setup that is made just to do sequencing or. Uh, yeah, you you can have all kinds of tasks that happen in the studio to uh, you, you know replace by something uh, from the Eurorack domain. You know, there's so much you can do with it, um, uh, and I don't think any musical genre is is uh, unfit or not not uh, uh, possible to um, to achieve with with yeah. modular. But um, if, but it lends if you itself. Like well, no, it, but the thing, the thing is, you know, it just lends itself so much to um, experimentation. And um, if you mm -hmm. are, uh, and it, there is, there are ways to, to use it even from, from, um, you know, an approach um, perspective, you know, you can make, you can completely design a system and then, uh, and then just see what it does, or you can go in with a specific idea and, uh, and hope you can, you can, you can realize it, or you can just, you know, randomly patch stuff or just you know patch on the go and see what happens you know so anything yeah. from a planned system to a completely free uh exploring um uh, situation uh, is possible so there's there's really no specific or or specific rule or set way of, of working with modular you can be you know the fun is mm -hmm. basically just you you just go on on, on this journey you go on a, you throw yourself into it and um yeah, I you, quite you often can stumble I'll upon just, things. I'll just, I'll just see something like um, sometimes watch like modular videos on YouTube or whatever, this kind of thing, and I, I maybe I'll hate the music that someone's making, but I'll be like, I've never seen <laughs> someone try to do to set something up in a particular way. Little processes, like individual processes that people set up that just spit out like amazing results without mm. really having to put that much effort in. Once um, yeah, once you set it up, basically. And obviously you need the ear to kind of land on something that's like new still. But but yeah, I, I just, I enjoy that. Sometimes I go in and I'm not really thinking about making music per se. I just want to go in and set something up that's, that's interesting. Like um, just take the time to kind of, you know, explore some area of it that I haven't delved into. And that's what's actually been nice about the whole public thing is just having so much time to kind of drift off into areas that you don't usually cover basically have you been recording um, those yeah i mean i've i've spent pretty much the entire time in the studio there's been mm. something really freeing about it as awful as the situation has been uh and i mean i just put out this record and the plan is to have another album by the end of the year so cool. it's been quite a productive thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so um, yeah. I mean that you can you can talk endlessly about um, why you know people use modular, but I guess if you once you uh, once you have some experience with it, um, you know why it is because um, you know in in my experience, it's um, it's something you can use. Uh, in any stage of the production, in any stage of the, the creative process, you know, you can just go there and um, 
think of something you want to do, like a, a, a system you want to set up, and then and then you can just go and improvise, see what see what happens. But you can also really um, look for a very specific purpose, you know, drive something into a certain box because to ex- to achieve a certain sound, for example. So there's really mm. no. Um, yeah. It's super flexible at the end of the yeah, day. Really yeah, really flexible, yeah. yeah. Really That's like the way you can, you can wake up and one, one day it can be like a kind of, you know, a, yeah. a 10 voice polyphonic synth mm. with a lot of work and hassle put in, to be honest, and patching. And then the next day it will be like a really interesting drum machine. And then the next day it will just be like a, a simple mono synth or whatever. Like it's it's all of those things. It's just like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's flexibility that makes it, I think, so uh, so appealing to people. So, so there, there is one thing though that um, you know people who use modular uh, uh, can sometimes run the risk to um, end up in in like endless uh, noodling and uh, uh, I, I see James yeah. <laughs> a yeah. smile on James' face. Okay, tell me. Yeah. I love. Well, I mean, to, to be honest, if I could, I'd just noodle away all day, every day. I think, like, I. I, I think since since kind of really diving in in into the modular world, like I I I would be quite happy just making odd strange noises, and I know that maybe might not be applicable in in I guess like a kind of a sire context, mm. but like that's I I'd, I'd be quite happy just basically spending my entire time doing that, you know, and I I think my my output has perhaps fallen off because of that um oh 100 percent, definitely yeah. but i have more fun doing it so um, yeah exactly but that that's what it's about what actually. what what is what did you say what did you can you repeat what you were saying i just like think it has been yeah i think up, i mean i go down you guys because of that, that. I, I, my, I, I reckon my well, what were you saying like, Hello? I, I think Steffi didn't pay her bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Steffi, you're you're dropping out. So my, uh, my, <laughs> yeah, my 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 internet, my output's gone up, but my money's going down. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think. Am I it, back now? Yeah, yeah, you're back. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what I mean is, it's just because it lends itself, like yeah. you know, like everyone was saying, to this kind of like open-ended experimentation. And that's why I fell in love with working with modular, but also because of that, like it can be very open ended, very open ended. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, essentially, I'm having more fun, but releasing less music. I think. <laughs> yeah, there is um, a comment. It shifts, by, the priority, um, shifts the priority. A thousand details. Yeah. This this is connecting to what we are saying. You know, um, hello, a thousand details. Um, so so I guess. Coming back to what you were saying, James, um, uh, do you do you waste time, or do you feel you, you sometimes waste time, or are you just recording everything in the hope that some something may may be I mean, usable in the later I, stage? I don't really ever look at it as wasting time. To be no, honest. of course, of course, you know? but I mean, just, just yeah. because well, well, no, as in like I think it's a fair, fair enough kind of like way to phrase it, but it's mm-hmm. I think every time you're sitting there like patching like I'll discover something new about the system. Mm. And even if I end up after the day going, well, everything I recorded is garbage, like it will, it will, I will have learned something, whether it's even something totally. or, totally. you know, so it's never a wasted 
wasted session but also to be honest i don't record absolutely everything that i'm like there's not like a, just a live stream going into my computer because no no i, but I should do that more yeah. i mean quite often i have that thing where i'm like fuck i should have hit record like an hour ago and oh now yeah this is just <laughs> sliding basically um but yeah that happens in all situations i guess as well like, whatever, however you're making music yeah, that's, that's not just modulus specific. yeah Mm. Totally. Sure. Well, I, th- I think in my in my case, it's just like so far, like there's two there's two reasons. I mean, I have a shitload of equipment, but the reason why I've never touched Eurorec is there's two there's two reasons. One, I, I have a very di- very addictive personality when it comes to hardware um, thingy. So basically, if I buy one, it's not going to stop. So I'm kind of like. But second of all, I think what I what I've been doing and the way I've been producing it's kind of has become such a comfort zone that I'm like it's very hands-on for me to say like oh this is what I want and I type snare drum that I want to make I've like in in uh, like I, I told Joachim um, I'm, I'm collecting a lot of like drum synthesizers and and they can kind of like they've got like four oscillators in one one thing here and I can go come straight to the point with what I want to do kind of thing instead of like stretching long periods of times where I'm just like in the zone twisting and, and kind of, I think that's, that's like much more like a protective kind of thing that I'm doing for myself. But, to but I guess that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you using drum scenes is, is, um, uh, essentially the same. Insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's the same it's the thing. Same. Yeah. 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 They just take more so space. That's why I think I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true though. But they'll, they'll look, no, yeah, but they look, I, oh, I, they I, look absolutely. They look better, yeah. But I, I thought about <laughs> it a lot because it's like, like um, I, I've been, I've, I've been doing some, some um, teaching over the past couple of weeks, and um, see a lot of young kids, and they're going into modular, and then I listen to compositions and try to give some proper feedback on the arrangement, and 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 then I see a lot of like soundscape development where I'm just like, oh wow, there's like five, six LFOs doing certain things, and it's beautiful. It's 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 amazing, you know, like it, it's stuff that I don't focus on when I design music, but then I see there's massive lack of. Of, of arrangement quality because it just goes and it goes yeah. and they, yeah. they and they and then they start talking about why they made it and like listen to what's going. But I say yeah, listen. But is it a song? Like I'm yeah, fucking yeah. bored. It's beautiful yeah, what yeah. you've done te- technically, but it's it it, it doesn't. And, and that's kind of like I, I'm always kind of like triggered. Um, ask if that. So it's, if it's, that's the result of like because it's so it's so come up with a sonic uh, result that you've that we you would have come up with a with some kind of mono mono uh, synthesizer, but doesn't that kind of like take you away from just hands on making something that you it's like oh I'm looking forward to do this or that do that do you know what I mean Yeah, like, I mean I think it definitely can it's, do. Exactly, it's exactly what you said. I'm a bit I mean, scared. People can fetishize the kind of the, the method and the process over the end result a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. when it comes to modular. Like, but if you're worried about that, the fact that you're worried about that, I think, would mean that you wouldn't fall into that trap. Mm. Whereas I think, I mean, it's a trap that I know I fall into for sure, you know, but like, I think if, 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 if you're conscious of it already, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you'd need to worry about it. Yeah. Like, you know? 
I, I think I'm just it's more just worried a, that if I buy one thing, it's going to be a lost cause. Yes, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> it's just about getting your yeah. workflow right, basically. I think when you start off with this stuff, it's very easy to just go down this kind of like never-ending road and like not actually get anything done. But I think once you kind of develop a workflow that works for you and just have to push through things. It's the same as recording anything else. Like don't hang around on one hour idea too long or quite often it gets contrived. You just need to, yeah, work fast, get ideas down and then sift through and edit later. I mean, that's yeah. more my process, I guess. Like yeah. I'll do one pass with like quite a few elements, usually all coming from the modular at the same time. But it's very, very rare that that will be untouched. So you have to completely chop that up, edit things, do overdubs, et cetera, et cetera. I find game staging and getting like a, like a sound that I'm happy with, like in terms of just like thump and sonic weight, way more difficult coming from Eurorack than I do, say, if I just plug in like an SH-101. It just mm. sounds good straight away, plugged into like a, yeah. a cheap without any processing, yeah, without any processing. Whereas stuff from Euro, right? Not everything, but um, it just will have like a bit of a cheap VCA or whatever, and then you record that. But it, it, it requires like more additional work afterwards for sure. Like more, like, I would That's say, right. through. I I've find that these... very interesting that you that you're saying that like that you have to trouble a game staging or getting it right in a mix because oh, you know that certain certain synthesizers you know they fit together either they're out of the same range or mm-hmm. the same brand and you know okay when I've got a mini MOOC it's difficult to lay the baseline in a mix but with, when I do this and that and that's and and I think with this is so new to see what well this is what, what there are loads of different manufacturers of yeah. varying quality obviously like components of like vastly varying quality and some yeah. things will do one thing very well and it will be inspiring, but it might just sound a bit shit. Um, but there's things you can do to get around that. Like, um, since I sold my mixer, I don't have a large mixer anymore, but I've got like a 16-channel UAD thing. So I just have like UAD SSL preamps on like eight channels when I do my initial pass and just uh, run most stuff through, through that and just try and take the time before recording, actually, to, to get it as sounding as good as I possibly can so I don't have to spend ages mm. fucking around with it later. Do you end up doing a lot of post-production then in the end of the day when you've just... I presume that you kind of like multi-track what comes out of your modular system and then... Yeah. Is that, and then, then is there like a phase where you start to do post-production or is there so much tweaking going on live that you don't have to do a lot afterwards? You just chop it up and then arrange well, it? Well, actually, like, because I'm running straight into the computer, say I've got, like, eight channels going into going straight into my computer, um, there'll be processing happening out of the box. Like, uh, it might go, I've got some digital effects units and bits and pieces and some hardware, like, yeah, some, it might be going through some outboard dynamics and then it will go into the computer and it might be going through some more digital effects or whatever, basically. But I usually set all that up before I've hit record. Um, and then once I hit record, like, actually most of the internal processing is done. Um, and then it's usually just a case of chopping and editing and tweaking things and automation, basically. Yeah. 
Do you? How do you deal with uh, automation? Do you do you um, uh, draw things by hand, or you do you have things uh, that create movement, like uh, automated things like LFOs, or you know? Uh... Uh, obviously, within within the system, there's mm-hmm. there's loads of stuff like that I can create movement with really easily. Uh, once it's inside the computer, um, I just I'm on a mouse basically. I just I just right. draw stuff in. Yeah, because uh, no control for science. <laughs> no, like I've got, I've got a computer, but I, I, a controller, but I just um. You should just use, don't it. use it. Actually, yeah, I actually yeah. got a controller for exactly that for the first time, and that's oh, amazing. Yeah, we, we, we had this conversation. Life, we had this conversation. Uh, even just a simple like I, yeah. uh, what is it, Akai? Uh, uh, t- t- what is it called? The the red black one. I normally yeah, yeah. use it for live, but I just I did a simple. Uh, I actually did a simple DJ mix with some effects with it, and it's like, oh, it's so, it's such a good humanizer to 100%. just assign the controllers to it, and then do all the automation just by um, it makes, by it using makes life so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I yeah, agree. because I, I, whenever I hear your music, uh, guy, there's it's um, it's very loopy on one one hand, but there there's no so bar is yeah. no bar is the same. You know, there's yeah. always movement going on. It's like, uh, so, like things are sort of um, drifting in and out and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, but I, it's, a, it's say, like uh, a really fine line between boring and uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, music, yeah. But a really, really delicate. Yeah, really well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's uh, you, you definitely be on the right side of it, mate. <laughs> yeah, you definitely so. nailed that yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so so you're saying basically the. Um, it's already going in. Basically, it's recorded already with a lot of movements. You're not all. Yeah. You're not just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I actually find it's also a way of dealing with latency that I get when I start overdubbing things as well. Like if I've stacked a load of effects on later on, I'll get like weird latency problems if I'm like, I've got this box that should sort it out, but quite often it doesn't. If my my computer is too old and can't handle the amount of processing that I'm doing within it. So it starts to to really lag when I start doing overdubs and stuff, which can be a, a pain in the heart. But that, for me, as well as not having like easy routing, has been the kind of the downfall of going just digital in terms of mixing stuff. Basically, um, that's kind of what I miss, kind of like the flexibility of having like easy routing. Desk yeah, like a hands-on desk, just to, like, to, to do that stuff without really having to, to think about it, actually. Is that a space problem, or you just didn't want to have a desk anymore? Um, it had lots of issues, and it was a space problem, it too. Huge, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I had like a, an old Soundcraft ghost from the 90s. Um, oh, yeah, old school. <laughs> yeah, really nice desk. Oh, it sounded yeah. amazing, uh, but well, it was that's- causing me issues. They have automation on that. Like uh, they have, there's a the, 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 um, I think the um, extended model has automation on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that still works. I have no idea. Version, which I think was the one I had, which was yeah, without automation. But there was definitely an automated ghost. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, at yeah. some point, uh, I'd like to get something small and like good quality, like a little X desk or something like that. Um, just for the routine. Not, not so noisy. Yeah, totally. And just uh, mainly it's to set up things like group processing on like a, a drum bus easily. Basically, yeah, yeah. Without having to set stuff up in the computer and then route it out of one output and record it back in and then 
Mm. It's just, yeah, a pain in the ass. Like, that's where I hit problems uh, with digital recording. Yeah. What about you, James? Do you use a, a mixer or are you recording no, straight into the box? Yeah, just recording straight into the box now. Um, and, I mean, I think the main thing I miss is actually it's, it's less kind of like sends and stuff like that and more just the sound stage that I feel you get from going through a desk. Like, things just kind of like felt like they'd sit better. I, I don't know if that was just my head or just kind of like uh, if, if it's natural. On the desk or yeah. in the box? No, no, on the desk. You know, like stuff, it would be if you kind of spread a mix across the desk nicely, like yeah, I feel yeah. like it would be much easier to get things placed right rather than kind of. Uh, way easier. You, 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 you can get in a couple of minutes. Whereas yeah, it's, 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 it's ages and just walk around, whereas usually yeah. it's just. It's usually about fader positions and yeah. like gain staging and yeah. volume before yeah. I before you even touch EQ. Mm, but yeah. like when it's in the box, I start being like, oh, maybe I need to EQ it. But actually, what you actually need to do is turn this element down and just having that that real proper hands on in front of you. That yeah. I, don't, mm. I don't think you can really. No, know, it makes so much great. difference. And you got like, you got more uh, visual ah! feed, for visual feedback as well because you 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 have this the whole um, mix in in one view basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, I, I I definitely miss having a desk. I would have one if space wasn't an issue. Right. Like, you know, I mean, living in London and uh, and having a smallish studio, it's uh, yeah, it's not really the one. Here's one for uh, from Tyler. Tyler, what's up? Hello. <laughs> uh, directed to James. Um, you said earlier you're falling back in love with uh, the box or mixing in the computer, I guess. Yeah. Um, Curious to know why and where you find inspiration within or with the computer. Um, I mean, I guess it started off uh, editing these kind of, it's kind of like what Guy was saying, editing these like long, modular, weird sessions and kind of chopping them down. And I, I kind of began collaging them together and stuff and and doing a lot of uh post-production and processing like eq but also like effects and things like that on them um and then i started to feel like why if i'm doing that why kind of like totally write off the idea of using synths in the computer or like you know uh um plugins and not just kind of like post-production um like i i I guess I'm just trying to be a little bit less militant with where <laughs> from, you know? Okay. Like, um, but yeah, that's why. And also when you're traveling, like it's, it's nice to be able to kind of open, open the laptop, open Ableton and, and kind of start something, which you can't obviously do if you're totally tied to a studio. That's true. But I don't mm. think I've ever actually made anything on the road that's yeah. ended up coming out. You sort of fiddle around with stuff. Yeah, and usually in my experience, not saying for you, James, but uh, I definitely usually in my experience, sure. I get I, I get in the next week and I'm like, I've just I just like fucked it up. Basically, <laughs> I've recorded something in the studio and I'm like, oh, I just want to fiddle around with it and see how see how it sounds. <laughs> I always always in headphones, like just just something about sitting on a plane with the background noise or whatever. I'll just you like, mix just... in there, obviously, but it's just about it's just. Having fun, like I mean, at the end of the day, making music is should, should obviously be about having fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. I totally. I found myself doing things that uh, yeah, using that's a good using point. the good point. Yeah, I, I, when whenever I try to do that, you know, like uh, start up Ableton or whatever on a computer when I'm traveling, 
I usually use the environment, you know, so uh, whatever sound is coming into the mic or I might use um, uh, a little uh, sound card. And um, b because you know you're not going to be doing the same things you are doing in the studio. Um, mm. So I, I leave the studio stuff for the studio, right? And uh, the things that you can do when you are on another location or, or yeah. a different location um, for that uh, moment. And um, so I've done, you know, some things, just tracks with uh, only the sound coming in from the mic, you know, just looping things and, and uh, yeah, yeah. stacking things. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just make big chains of, of stuff, of processing that sound and, and um, yeah, all kinds of just, you know, useless things, to be honest. But some, some of that stuff, uh, uh, you know, it's very easy to, if, you, if you're in that mode, uh, to get like an hour of recording, uh, yeah. which, which sort of uh, drifts in and out different um, atmospheres and stuff. Um, and you know, I've got a bunch of that stuff lying around, and sometimes I just throw it in and see how it sticks to uh, yeah. In a context, well, like James else. said earlier, want to think it, yeah. it's never time wasted, is it? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Can, it's but, just, uh, yeah, but but to, to come back to how mu to how to make music, or, or if if you're making music on the road, you shouldn't. Uh, I, I mean, the feeling of being restricted and not having everything at my fingertips that I'm used to having in the studio, it just makes me frustrated. So I'd rather have a whole different mindset and just use whatever is available in, in the place that I'm at, that I am here while, while, while traveling. I mean, like, like genuinely, sometimes I find getting out of the studio, like, and, and making music wherever that might be is, is actually, I find that inspiring to be honest with you rather than frustrating. I mean, not necessarily, I wouldn't say necessarily starting a track from scratch because I'll be mm -hmm. wanting to make sounds that I know I just won't be able to make because I've got all my equipment. Now. So I understand what you mean. But I guess once the track is at a certain point, I mean, even just taking headphones down to a local coffee shop sometimes, if I'm on, honestly, if I'm really running into a, a kind of like a brick wall with it, and just an environment change, and then coming back in the evening and, and firing it up again, seeing what's happened. Like, I think just kind of shaking up your process sometimes can be super inspiring rather than frustrating. Mm. Yeah. Personally. I've always liked the idea of like taking a few bits and like renting a cottage somewhere nice and just yeah, kind totally. of like. It's this romantic, creative idea, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Wear a little uh, roll neck, maybe. Say hello yeah. to David. David! Hey, hello. David. <laughs> Rotterdam Noord. I think, I think, uh, I think in, in general, um, I, I, I wouldn't mix in, a, in a, on an airplane or something, but I think it's, um, it's just fun to be able to work everywhere and just switch your mindset and, and what you said, James, resonates to me as well. Like, if 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 you don't have any pressure of like, oh, I'm I'm working on the plane, and oh my god, but you know, does it sound okay or not? Like, I've I've done many little sketches that ended up being a track when I implemented the studio afterwards, or when I did a recording in the studio and I and I had long sessions and then you know long multi tracks, and then I just cut it down. Down on the plane, I was like, "Oh, actually, this is really good." And then, of course, the sound circumstances aren't really, really uh, proper unless you use a little bit of a noise cancellation headphones. But most of the times, like stepping out of the studio and, and just, you know, not giving a fuck and just, you know, have two hours on a plane where you're normally bored or you say, "Oh fuck, are we still not there yet?" For me, that's a way to easy, easy kill time. And I'm always surprised when I make it and then i put it in a different folder i know okay this is stuff that i made on the plane and sometimes i open it and it's like oh, oh 
oh, wow, mm. okay, I don't know what that day was, but that sounds really interesting. And then sometimes replace a couple of drum things that might not, you know, have the right frequency or or, or they don't hold up for whatever reason and then bring them back in, in, into the studio. And I, I'd be su surprised how many things actually saw daylight that were half done on the train or a plane and half in the studio. Yeah. But I, 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 I kind of threw that overboard that it necessarily needs to be made like... The other day I was just editing on my laptop without even headphones. I couldn't be bothered to walk. I was just doing some edits and then send it off. Oh, sometimes I mixed just, it, sometimes but what's the edit? Oh, great. Yeah. And then I go back. It's, there's too much limitations if it starts to become a thing in your head. And I found I found things back that I know that I've just done quickly. And I was like, oh, that's the vibe. This is the starting mm -hmm. point of something completely new that I know that we're done on the plane. But it took me a while to kind of think out of the box and not go like, oh, Oh, it needs to be this or it needs to be this like 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 from all the recordings that are on my laptop i've also collected so many as i do multi-tracking of seven minutes per stem or something there's so much music in there that i can just recycle flip reverse mm -hmm. cut i don't know like just uh, and resample i do a lot of resampling when i when i record something in the studio i'm like oh I'm not really happy with it i'll just throw it in i, I if I do the main stuff, I still logic. I just throw it in the sampler and replay it. I'm like, oh, boom! Now it sits, and then it, yeah. and it's a line out of a hardware synthesizer that eventually becomes a software thing. Even with drums mm -hmm. as well. Like, oh, yeah, the sounds good, but I I don't know what day it was, but the snare drum's too high. I'll just resample it, pitch it down. Like, yeah, perfect. It's <laughs> it's interesting how. Uh, I yeah, I mean, sometimes if I'm just feeling start lazy... Not, starting not giving a fuck, you know, like over the yeah. years. Really you end up with a, a large collection of just little ideas yeah, that yeah. you can just throw in. Yeah. And like, you yeah. know, you have a fucking shit day in the studio. Usually there's like a couple of elements from that that are actually worth... Pretty good, thinking, yeah, totally. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So you have a way, you, yeah, uh, yeah. you have a way to, to make those uh, easily accessible? Do you archive them in some systematic way, or you have no? I just I just trawl through <laughs> yeah. old project okay. folders and go, oh, that sounds good. I'll pull oh, really? That over, okay. Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. pretty okay. much it. Yeah. yeah you, I kind of categorize. Yeah, it, so. like, Sorry. I mean, it, it, fairly fairly similar, I guess. Like I kind of think back to or, or try and remember like projects, failed projects. I kind of have days opening up old things and seeing what's there. But also, I mean, okay. I'll bounce stuff out as I go. Like, and kind of make a, I've got like a kind of like a folder of way to, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not well organized, put it that way. But there's a folder of like hundreds and hundreds of kind of like sounds and stems and stuff I've bounced out of tracks that like, uh, I didn't end up using in a track or maybe even stuff that like I recorded and was like, well, that sounds good, but totally won't work for this so i'll record yeah. it now and bounce it straight to that folder and so that means then it's exactly what you're saying stuff then when i'm in that situation where you're you, you haven't got your studio behind you or whatever like you essentially have got a load of sounds that you believe in you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that makes sense do you have a a, a special folder Steffi, with uh, drum synth sounds <laughs> I have folders of, of many. Well, basically, when I'm when I, I was know gonna, that I, I was going to say, uh, send them over if you do. <laughs> hey, I, I'll be I'll be happy to deliver. Uh, if somebody will, will euro wreck me, euro wreck, yeah. me, euro wreck, euro wreck me. Yeah. No, but what I normally do is like like if I uh, um, if I would be working on a twelve inch or an album. 
I would make a folder and start writing until it has like 30 sketches in it. And then I start to separate what kind of appeals to me after a while. And if I write on a plane and I have no assignment, I'll just start to categorize by um, kind of genre or, or whatever. And most of the time it's all, it's all like little gems. So it has everything in, but then I also in, in the logic uh, finder, in the search function, I'll just go on clap. And I know how I, how I, when I record, how I call my certain claps and certain things out of, and I, I always, I always name them after where they came from. So it's, if it's a syncussion mm. snare drum, mm. it will have that thing. So if I need a quick syncussion snare drum, I'll just type it in and it rolls out and it can pull it in yeah, that's smart. and start cool. using it, you know. But most of the time I have lots of, lots of unused beats as well, you know, like, like I, I jam and I don't like the melody and I chuck it up, I keep it, throw it in a folder beats and if I have to pull something up and then I can just tap out of that folder. But I, I, I tend to write down, if it's a bass line, I would say... Just hypothetically, 101 baseline, move baseline, uh, uh, syncussion baseline. So I know, ah, this is how I made it. And I most of the time I, c I can remember actually how I kind of did it. So it's easy for me, for me to search. And also um, what you said, the guy, about like gain staging, I know that certain things are very hard to mix. And if I see where it came from, I know like, ah, okay, that, that can be some difficulties yeah. with the mix and then I can see in which instrument I've done it because I'm a fan of like multi-tracking for seven minutes doing everything separately and then sometimes just pack it away for weeks and coming back and I'm oh, like totally, oh totally. wow that sounds amazing or like ah oh, I don't like it and just yeah, chuck yeah. it in a in a leftover some, folder sometimes if I know? get really excited about something that I'm recording like I actually get a bit apprehensive about listening back to it and I'm like can I actually deal with this standing like shit today? I might leave it like a week, come back when I'm feeling a bit stronger, and then if, it's, if it doesn't sound so great, I can actually like deal with it and then go, oh, okay. We have to a, the next me and, you know what? Me and Virginia have a folder for every, th every little loop that, that either she or I have done where you listen back and you go like, what the fuck is this supposed <laughs> to be like? Really? Oh, what is this? Is so a ridiculous. You know what? Like, <laughs> yeah. She like yeah, exactly. And then sometimes we're just sitting here, and you know, like uh, when we're producing together or something, we're spending the time in studio. We're like, come on, let's 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 go through one of those <laughs> folders, and then good. just looking at each other. This is like this is shit. And sometimes those are the ones that when you were doing them in the studio, you're like, oh my god, I've laid something down. This is this, this is, is the one. shit. And, and two weeks later you're going like what? Yeah. You know, what actually? Uh, it's really fun. I, I and I, I I find it very difficult to throw those away because they always kind of like you know when you when you make a twelve inch and say I would have eight kind of sketches and there's always like one that has that element where you just go like I don't know what what was I thinking when I was ma <laughs> making these and I, I always have very big difficulties throwing them away because they're so so much part of the process of creating a twelve inch or whatever you're doing you know but like I, okay. I've actually got a story just going back to those is like it's like, like uh, deliberately uh, watch a bad movie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
let's go watch a really really bad movie like <laughs> yeah, a and laughing your ass <laughs> off like oh yeah and they're and they're really really silly and sometimes you're like oh i was really convinced about them you know and then and then coming back to your question you know, sometimes it has an amazing snare drum you're like oh my god this is shit but that has a hot snare drum you just like pull it out mm. bringing it back into something else and then eventually it ends up in some somewhere because you know it's fun to you know, not not give a good snare drum some some place to be on another record, but like it's it's nice to, to nice to go through that forward. Just, and there's some weird shit in there, like you're like, nah, it's not happening. Yeah, it's fun. funny, uh, guy. You say that about um, not uh, feeling not fit, or uh, you said apprehensive to go back to a track because um, I guess that's because um, you you uh, you're afraid to fuck it up or something, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that a lot. Afraid to find out that actually it's not as good as you thought it was. Exactly. (laughs) I just like afraid if you you know you if you know you've captured something that that could be special. Mm. Sometimes the easiest way of like not fucking it up is to never try at all. And I think you can can do that with a lot of things in life, actually. And I think I'm I'm probably quite guilty of that. Actually, just not throwing myself into something, not being in the race. Uh, but yeah, I definitely had that with, with writing music. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just, I need to be in the right frame of mind to like tackle a particular idea basically. Mm-hmm. And like quite often I'll, I'll feel like doing something else. Like if I want to just like make something slow or just like record some like random noises for no reason at all, mm. I'll still feel like doing that, but I won't actually feel like tackling something that I know could be something basically. Mm. Until I actually just have the right headspace for it, I guess. Right. Pretty odd. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think that's normal. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anything is odd. To be honest. No, Such I mean, a, uh, I mean, d- make, make for for people who think that we really know what we are doing and and just go in the studio and make a track. That's just not the way it works, you know. Totally. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's completely frustrating or uh, of course um, hard work. Other times it just um, uh, pops out and, and yeah, it just comes together without without any yeah. any thought. And sometimes you're not even thinking about what you're doing, and it, and some amazing stuff happens, you know. So it's yeah, uh, I mean, it's and every, it's everywhere on the, yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, how the fuck did I make this? I'll be yeah. listening to something that I made a few years ago and I'll just be like, I, I can't even program like the, the simplest like little drum part now. Like, I'm just useless sitting here like, with all this fucking gear around me like some just useless prick. And then, <laughs> and then if I can, I'm listening to something, I'm like, at some stage I was actually able to like put this together and it, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me i like, think part of that is just the kind of ups and downs the correct process mate as in you know like of course the, of yeah, course that, you know so you might and i mean like, it, it's, it's, it's the same totally, it's the same totally. for everyone i mean you don't get to hear everyone else's unfinished shit flaws yeah, yeah of course yeah. of course you don't get to hear i mean quite often I'll, I'll i'll change the kick drum on something or not quite often but sometimes like you know a day before setting off for mastering, I'll just be like, this just is not working. I need to do something. I'll change the kick and it will all come together, basically. And if I'd have mastered the other one, it would have been... You definitely have, because you're one of the people that I I send all of my stuff to and go, what do you think of this? Quite often, it is hard to get out of your own perceptions of your own music. You need other ears. Um, Yeah, it's important, actually. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes you, you... 
uh, are not brave enough to sacrifice the thing that you were um, really into when you started the track or when you were making when you were working on it you know like like some some things are are for other people who have a different set of ears or hear it for the first time it's a very obvious thing but to yourself it can be something you just don't want to get rid of because it's something you're (laughs) although it's ruining this is what it's all based around yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's the thing that's ruining the track yeah yeah yeah. totally yeah it's funny funny how that works so Um, funny little lessons that you have to sort of you know you have to teach that stuff to yourself really yeah because if someone else says it to you it never really goes in you have mm. to it's just trial and error and kind of realizing basically i yeah, mean quite often yeah yeah quite often like the last stage in making music for me is deleting stuff I mean, not just in an editing process just being like all oh, this just just does not need to be in this at all mm-hmm. just you know get rid of stuff like why yeah. why do i have like like three different hi-hats when when one will do or whatever mm-hmm. basically yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important, particularly. I mean, there's, um, when you're making such minimal music, I suppose. I think this is one example, but I see a lot of comments about distortion. So I should uh, wow. give uh, Sandy uh, a chance. Hello, Sandy. Um, well, I guess the, the the question is already the answer. How do you how do you fatten things up? Um, as a sound designing tool, uh, any favorite tools? I see behind culture you. Culture uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you've got one? I've got a culture what? vulture, um, which okay. I love. Yeah. What did you say? Sorry? The culture vulture. Okay. Sorry, I don't. You were just dropping out. Yeah, I guess I guess you know it's a it's such a wide subject, but um yeah, I think a saturation or fattening or you know whatever you call it saturation all the way from from slight saturation to full on distortion yeah i guess it's something we all do because um yeah it's just one of those things uh, that is a staple thing to to be doing in the studio i guess i mean um like we discussed earlier like guy said um it's you know from uh, especially if you use eurorack there there are some modules or some combinations that um, could become a little thin because of the the way it's patched or the the combination of different uh, manufacturers that don't, don't really talk to each other that well uh, as opposed to a hardware um, sort of single purpose machine that is com- completely tuned for for its in its own circuit you know flow and stuff like that so uh, sometimes you do need to to compress things or even things out to make it sit right in the mix or um you know that's like slight treatment just to make it uh audible throughout your your mix but there's also the other end you know the other extreme is just completely you know completely distort things you know distort the fuck out of things just because it sounds amazing <laughs> yeah i mean i, I think i mean there's I think, everything yeah. and everything in between i mean it's something but I it depends what you want no like yeah. like um it's a tool um, yeah I, I, what I, I what I did on on the, on my second album was like I have a I have a, a lunch how they call it like a lunch box or something it's a it's a it's a stereo it's two mono uh, strips out of a a, a 60s m- um, mix desk from the Czech Republic which mm. has like um, which has like distortion on it as a feature because they used to have um, restrictions in the in the east block what they could and could not play and if they would play something that was forbidden they would put distortion on the uh, 
on the on the uh, record because it was uh, either something from the West or it's a weird story. But like I um, a guy who um, was sitting next to me in my studio in Berlin, he had the whole desk and he started to pull out these desks and he and he said to me like everybody thinks it needs to be an insert tool, but why don't you just put the stereo um, uh, on your on your bus and assign the mix, the whole mix to one stereo output and then the whole mix to a stereo output where you insert the distortion on it and yeah. just play and feel the level between parallel, mixing mm -hmm. it parallel to it and then twist with how much distortion, how much gain and just try to, it's like, you know, the golden kind of thing. And that was amazing. Like when, when, when I hear the outcome, it's about it's such delicacy how you can use it when you do, for example, when you mix it parallel in the mix mm -hmm. instead of like, pulling it all the way through because then it's kind of irreversible. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if yeah. you, once you, once you've done it, you're like, Oh shit, the bass kick is too much. And once you've done it parallel and you're just starting to yeah. fuck around with the yeah, yeah, you think, like, essentially create a dry a wet, bit. a dry wet yeah. uh, nope with, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and that, and that, and that box, that box is so amazing. It has a warmth and a, and a width to it. And then these, these weird distortion knobs that makes no sense to me. Like I mean, obviously. What is it? Sorry. What? It's, what is it's, it? a, it's it's a thing from a, a, a desk out of the Czech Republic from the sixties. It's like that's something <laughs> they used um, they used in um, in a broadcast studio. Yeah. Okay. Like so, a, so like no, it's not, not commercially available then. Oh. No, well, it's old. No, it's really yeah, yeah, old. And he and yeah. he had he started to take out all the uh, yeah the channel strips and putting it into wooden boxes. So he's like, oh, I've got this nice little thing. And I got along with him really well and he used to, you know, work for Bit Studios and he said, look what I've got. And I was like, oh my God, like he had so many of them. And he's like, can, can I actually buy one? He's like, yeah, man, I think you're cool, buy it. And I was like, fuck. And then I just put it in yeah. and I said, oh, it makes such a massive difference on the mix. So I think personally, it, like what this person was asking kind of depends what type of distortion. I have a Sherman here and if I twist it to the left too much, then my ears are going to explode. But sometimes okay. that, can be that can be really wild on a single drum element where you have a, where you have a really fucked up snare drum and, and then, then the bass kicks clean and the snare does something really yeah. crazy. Then mm -hmm. that's what I would use for that. Like it's for, for multiple purposes in the end of the day, like, you can use different types of distortion or just blast it through pedal. It's also a really nice tool. The whole mix to, uh, through. Depends on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really nice distortion, can also be a really nice uh, way to create contrast in, in a mix, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just in absolutely. terms of like well, when you start feeding more than one element through things and things start fighting for headroom within distortion basically and then you get you get interesting movement that you would never be able to program really mm. so it can become well i guess for some people's music it's kind of an art form in itself certainly with a lot of noise stuff it's actually that's a bit, that stuff and sometimes that's a bit of a pain in the ass when you're just 
you, you you're pulling pulling your whole mix through it before it goes into the desk and if then you would mute your bass kick and it would completely change the sonic yeah, yeah. Uh, element of distortion yeah, yeah. when the low frequencies are it sometimes annoys me when i'm like oh this is good and then i mute one thing and, I, Whoa, yeah, yeah. and the whole and the whole mix <laughs> the whole sound changes again yeah. you know you have to be it's very right. lucky so it's a lot yeah. of luck sometimes as well it's, you know? nice. it's definitely it's not an exact science it's just about Really, yeah, in the, no, it's in the creative, balance, in the creative yeah. process, it's about it's a little bit about luck. But when you're mixing it and you use it, use it parallel, then you can be in complete control of how much your saturation would be and what sounds within a really nice warm uh, range instead of some some some. You know, when can you remember like five years ago or something when it was really really popular to produce this like distorted type of um, retro Chicago stuff where as a DJ you would go like how the mm-hmm. fuck am I going to play this and it was really <laughs> yeah, yeah. cool along among the young kids like oh, I need to be distorted and it's like, I can't play it it, it doesn't yeah, sound yeah. nice you know yeah lo-fi so I think, yeah, yeah. yeah lo-fi yeah exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. lo-fi house or something whatever the fuck you know so it's I think it's, it's you need to play with a couple of different options for and, yeah, and think about I, I whether think it needs to be an end mix or, or an element in the mix. Um, when you first start doing that stuff, I think everything sounds good, distorted, and then you yeah, start realizing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like <laughs> yeah. it can it can be like using uh, if you're a graphic designer using outlines on your on your fonts. You know, it's like instant yeah, gratification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks it, it looks you know looks amazing instantly. It's like with distortion as well. If you run. Um, you know, just a stereo out of a drum machine through a distortion box. It's like instant energy. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just about, yeah. It's a yeah. powerful way to change the sound. So I guess it's it's very like kind of uh, it's very attractive for people to to chuck it on. Yeah, but then after a while, you're like, ah, I wish I kind of took it off yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. annoying. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in a mild uh, way, um, it's also a very um, good tool to gel things together because if you push things, if you push sep- separate sounds into one, in through one distortion thing, you know they start to work together a little bit mm-hmm. in, a, in a different. I way. actually use it more yeah. in that context than anything else yeah. as a kind yeah, of as too, a way of gelling things. Yeah. If yeah. I don't, if I don't want to use actually, like I I don't use compression so much on my drum mm-hmm. bar stuff. It tends to be more stuff like saturation. I use like I've got this. The culture vulture is great for that. I've got a software thing. I'd love the hardware, but it's very expensive. This black box HG one or HG two, I can't remember. But there's right. a software version I have, which is is that a fantastic. UID thing? Is that a no? It's not. It's um, plugin alliance. Okay, I'll, I'll link you to it. Hang on, let me find it. I mean, and then there's Sound Toys, which has the the the, the yeah, um, fantastic. What is, what is it called? The um, Sound Toys. Is it the dev- no, Decapitator, Devastator? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. And then there's the, um, the, the, what is it that Felt you use on the drums? Felt filter is great. Yeah. But yeah. Sound Toys has one that's called shit. I mean, you just see, because now we're talking about it. Are you <laughs> talking about the kind of the 8 bit crunchy thing that they've got, uh, the little red thing, like the Devil Lock or something? That's yeah, really yeah, good exactly, as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If, but that, you, that's need great. To be, you need to be kind of like super going with that. Yeah. But yeah. it's, I mean, on some some things it completely destroys, but on some things it what, brings it right back to I actually life. use that quite a lot, just just like 1% one? or 2% wet. Uh, no, it's the yeah. uh, devil lock. Yeah, no, devil okay. lock. 
Yeah, yeah. Wait, and, and that's and that's also a, an example of you can do it on individual drums or yeah. you can deluxe or um, light. Yeah, you can do it on individual drums, but you can also do it on a group, so it gets a little bit more squeeze. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, but be careful because it can go really wrong as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there is no wrong, is there? But you know. Yeah, but like everything else, you can you can easily overdo it. Yeah. 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 There's no wrong, but there is shit. I think. That's one way to look at it. That's that's a tile. That's a tile on the wall. <laughs> Marcus. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe hey, Marcus. What's up, Marcus? Hey, Marcus. Oh, that's interesting. I want to look he's, that. Um, yeah. He's giving away secrets. The ah, Omforce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Omforce oh, enemy okay. side. I use this actually. Yeah, I've not tried that. Uh, what's the other one? The uh, filter one. The uh... satin. Saturn, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That heat. And, but they're Dutch, aren't they, the Pat Filter guys, no? Dutch. Oh, nice, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought so, no? I Maybe. Know. I, I don't know. But they've literally just released uh, Saturn 2, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've got the reverb, I've got the EQ, yeah. uh, and I've got the saturation. It's, like, it's all really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that filter was beautiful. The EQ was so delicate, yeah. and and on, especially on analog recordings, it's yeah. just stay, it keeps it so much intact, and it can mm-hmm. gives a little bit of like software brilliance that could be really interesting when you're doing hardware recordings, and later on you want to kind of like yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love I love those guys, and really affordable as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you use yeah, these really uh, well. Metasonics in the? I see the Metasonic. Uh, are they? Are they? Are those the tube? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you use them for? I, I, I do use them. I'd say I use them a lot less than I should. Like I think I have this conversation quite a lot with Guy. I'm like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should sell them, and then like just as I'm on the brink of thinking I'm going to list them somewhere. I'll plug you them shouldn't. in. You shouldn't. I mean, I, I, no, no, I shouldn't because then, no, 100%. Because then Why don't you hire them? them? Just hire them away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just put your head on them again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like all, all the Metasonic stuff has got such like a unique, specific sound. Like, mm. And it's not right for everything for sure, but, but that's what I mean. Then at some point I'll get them out, even if it's just once a year or something, and I'll find a use for them and I'll be super happy that I hung into them. Yeah, I had the drum machine, the D1000, and then I, Cortini did this record that was just pretty much like Metasonic's D1000, and after that, I was like, well, just you exhausted. Can't really get get away from this one record that I was obsessed with that was made with it. So I was just like, okay, it's only ever going to sound like that to me. So I so I sold it on, but I I still regret it actually. I'll get it back. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah so at some point I've never used it but it looks like a machine that is that is easy to exhaust because it you can never make it sound unlike uh, 100%. that, that mm-hmm. drum machine yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think all, all, all the Metasonic stuff has got like a real unique character that like you say just sounds Metasonic mm-hmm. and also isn't that easy to tame it's like I mean I've got like a, a filter and a VCL and distortion unit and like I mean they just do it they just do what the fuck they want, basically. Yeah, some, sometimes that's cool and sometimes it's very... Yeah, sometimes it's really yeah. frustrating. So it just yeah. depends, depends on the mood I'm in when I when I walk in the studio that day. And if, if, if I just want to mess around, then maybe it's a Metasonic state. But if I know what I want, then then it maybe would drive me insane trying to tell those things. <laughs> well, Drum Cell uh, advises not 
to sell any sorry sorry to hear you <laughs> I would regret that too easy mate yeah. <laughs> it's a common mistake no oh yeah so yeah that's it, that's a, a nice topic to uh, actually um gear you regret selling <laughs> yeah um quite a few i guess yeah yeah i Euro guess rack stuff it's quite yeah. easy to turn turn over as well and you don't lose too much value of it and like if you're a bit bored and you kind of like i don't know just scroll through these kind of used marketplaces sometimes you just you just want something and like you you'll, you'll, you'll be happy to swap something and then you realize later on perhaps this wasn't such a good idea mm. but uh that's kind of the, the beauty of euro rack systems as well i suppose just uh being able to swap things out easily and just change little bits of it. That's true, yeah. But I mean, the, um, there are certain things that you can get really attached to, you know, like uh, um, I, I regret, I think the biggest regret um, of selling gear is um, uh, I sold my Pro 1 for way, yeah. too, much, way yeah. too little money. And uh, I don't know time. why, I, I, th I, thought, I thought I had, I'd done everything with it. I just got tired of the sound, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't have sold it. Uh, luckily, there is there is one here in the studio. But um, um, yeah, that's one I I shouldn't have sold. <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing is I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. well, well, stuff. I guess you know, like taste and your own taste is circular. You know, so it's like yeah. The thing, thing the the I, thing is the yeah. thing is though. I mean, I'm I, in in the meantime. I I moved a few times, and what I've what I've found by changing locations you you must have the same experience i guess uh, all of all of us i guess because we've been moving around uh, a lot and um you rediscover your instruments in a completely different way when it's when it's set up in a different way or even has yeah. a different position yeah. in, in the studio or yeah. you know you have better reach to it or uh, the room sounds different it makes you uh, rediscover the the machines you got bored with all over again yeah, 100%. You get a different relationship with things. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. You get into like a comfortable little workflow, basically, but sometimes it's kind of interesting to, to switch that up a little bit, move things around and just kind of like make something else the, the focal out, point. You get, out, get out of your comfort zone creatively and more interesting things kind of follow, I think. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's basically how I set up this place now. Um, there is no fixed setup, so... I'm, um, you know, it's uh, uh, there is a setup for every project, and um, uh, when when I think I've got the most out of it, or when I get bored with uh, uh, the setup, I change it around, and so everything stays fresh. You know, it's I don't have a, I don't have to sit behind the same desk or you know have the same position uh, for everything I do. It's basically um, changing all the time it's 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 always in flux you know so, so you just uh, got stuff stuff on shelves and you just pull out whatever you yeah. feel like using at that time basically oh, yeah, that's a nice way of doing it yeah yeah it's like this you can't really see it because it still has the setup of uh, the streaming thing we did last weekend but there's this big working working desk behind me like yeah and um it's got all these patch blocks uh, which run straight to the um, um sound card of the the computer or to um to the desk and um yeah i can just patch things in and make chains and um change the setup all the time and uh, you know even in the middle of a project i might just swap out some some pieces and, and mm -hmm. do different things so it's it's always fresh 
So, yeah. And I really, since I've been here, I've been here for, for about five years now, and I've rediscovered old um, instruments that I hadn't used for years um, in a completely different context, you know, because you, it also makes a difference whether how how you physically set them up. If you set up something, uh, you know, a, piece, a few pieces of gear next to each other um, and have them work together in, in some way, they, they have a, a different, you get a different yeah. uh, relationship yeah. with them, you know. And they yeah, work in a different. They they are part of a, a different system at that time. Um, so some something might not be that useful by itself, um, but if it's if it's sitting right in front of you, um, you are more focused on it and and you treat it differently because it's it's there, you know, rather than yeah. stuck in a behind something because you don't you, you don't don't fancy it too much. You so you tuck it away and then you you end up never going back to it because it's it's. You've already dismissed it. But if you, out of mind, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is a way yeah. to really recycle all the stuff that you haven't used for a while. Um, and, uh, to justify keeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, but also to, to, to actually use it and be productive with it, you know? Yeah. Because that's yeah, what I mean, it's all about. That's what it's I mean, all about. One, one, one setup might be good <laughs> for one day's project, and then the next day it might be something completely different, um, mm. which is, I suppose is the, the danger of getting locked into one setup that's just static for, for any length of time. But then there is an argument for that as well. No, if, you're very, if, you, if you're very comfortable in that mode and if it's working for you and if... Oh, yeah. Oh, keep it. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah, 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 mm. totally. If everything's on the patch bay, that's in, in my so studio in Berlin, yeah. I've got like a polyphonic side and a monophonic drum, uh, monophonic and then a drum side on one hand. And the good thing is about like playing melody, and I don't I like the melody. And I'm not sure about the synthesizer. I'm in the same role of just checking it out. Like, oh, yeah, better. yeah I'll just exchange the synth. And then um, because it's all on the bay, everything's on the patch bay. The pedals, the the effects, the drums, the synths. Like, I can right. just start patching. Every, yeah, it's just start patching everything and connecting and you, just pulling it right through a pedal or. Send the pedal uh, to mean, the desk and send effect. It's, 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 it's one of, one of I, the I, most I just boring. It's one of the most boring things to spend money on, right? Particularly to do it properly and to have everything on there. But it's so worthwhile. Like, oh, I so thought it was a revelation. Right? Yeah. Like once, once Completely. I had everything on the patch bay, it was like, oh, I can finally start making music. Yeah, anything that speeds up <laughs> your workflow and helps yeah. you get to that point quicker yeah. is, is an advantage, yeah. basically. Yeah, it, it helped me a lot to approach many things different, you know, by everything being connectable is, is such a luxury because you start forgetting things. It's nice to have many pieces and it looks fancy and might be a good investment for the future. But like if it just starts to rot away and then all of a sudden, like, oh, there's another sense I haven't touched it for a while. Whereas you have it around and you know, it's like on the desk, there's not this. Like, it's not a horde that you have to jump. Like, oh, oh I have to connect it. I don't have a MIDI cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is a, like, oh, a comment by uh, Jonas, Jonas Rake at Steffi. <laughs> hey, Jonas, what's up? Um, he says, and I can all quite agree, you're already doing modular then. That is actually very true, you know. Like, I, I think the only, the only restrictions that I have that I, is that I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of um, and, um, narrowed down to certain oscillators that are pre 
how do you how would you say that like uh, pre-designed, pre-designed, pre-designed in a in a drum uh, synthesizer but then again the fact that my drum can quickly go through a ring modulator by just banging it into the patch bay and then going to a low pass filter distortion check 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 within yeah. like two seconds and i think that's the reason because trust me i've looked at modular systems like quite a while and i was like i have to I have to deliberately kind of hold myself back of not because I like mm-hmm. end results fast. So it's like I need to kind of. Uh, I know it's going to come. It's just a matter of time. But like the the through the patch base, everything is already so modular yeah. that that was enough for me for a very long time. And then my drum synthesizer obsession and and my my you know all my effect boxes and stuff. I was like, this is for me for now for what I want to do. It's kind of okay, you know, and it, it it narrowed me down a little bit with going absolutely mental because I could hunt for like a year or one drop <laughs> and then finally getting my hands off. And would people bother my colleagues in the US saying like, you got to bring this. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, last time I had to go through costumes with your shit, and t- but you don't understand. <laughs> and like, no, I do understand, it's a pain in the ass. I said, no, but you don't understand for me, you know, blah, 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 you know. So I, and then at some point I was like, all right, you know, chill. But, but coming back to what um, Jonas, I believe, was saying, um, yeah, that's actually true. I already, I already find that very modular, you know, to, to be able to always have the complete setup, hands-on, on the patch bay and the patch bay straight into the sound card or the patch bay straight into the desk is already like it's done for me yeah ah maybe yeah (laughs) i mean removing little obstacles because i often find this little obstacles are quite often enough to completely set me off on the whole day i'll just be like i'll just just making 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 music yeah actually just kind of little things that get in the way of it being a fun experience like clock issues and stuff like that i'm done basically i just i can't i can't deal with it or you just have a, like a, have to have a separate a day where you're only dealing with that shit basically and you're making sure everything is is kind of as tuned as possible basically but i guess that's that's what getting a patch bay and that kind of thing is, is about it's just refining your workflow so that so that things move as fast and uh fluidly as possible yeah yeah, I so- think in the end of the day, there's also people like that are are, are very um, sorry that are very um, um, inspired by infinity. Like when I when I was at the uh, Sam, uh, it used to be a place called Sam Centrum. Am I back? Can you hear me still? Okay. No, yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was at the I was at the Sam Sergio or Search or how you call this brand, the the modular system, the old one. Yeah, Sergio. Is that called Sergio, right? Yeah. The the big one. Yeah. Oh my god. And the endlessness the endlessness of this machine was like after two hours and still going like, Oh my god, where can this go? Where can that go? Something um really um yeah it could be something that keeps me from working in the end of the day you know 100 percent. i mean it's like i said at the start and like i definitely th- i mean because that's that's i guess for me one of the most attractive things about modular but like i said my output and actual 
I guess what people would call music. I mean, what is music? You know, what people say that's that's a trap, right? Has definitely maybe slowed since diving into that kind of like more open-ended process. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 knowing it's knowing when to say enough, or hit record, or stop messing around with the system or the synthesizer or whatever, and actually get on with the crux of editing and yeah. getting totally. an idea formed yeah. which i think for me quite often that happens post recording i think it's too like, i mean it'll be too, too for me and i think for you as well now it's like i definitely would almost treat them as different sessions and when i started doing that that was when i started to get better results and get more usable like, yeah results. so you have like a fucking a j- jamming day and then an editing like day basically. Design, but I, I guess, an edit, yeah yeah an, an editing day you know like because otherwise you just get lost in this kind of like endless cycle of well not tweaking no true i th- that's that's the pretty much the way i work as well you know you just record everything let it happen just try to tune everything and you know just sculpt something out of the endless possibilities um, and then uh, make sense of it afterwards in, in, in a computer, you know, just sort of make a, I mean, I already start working on structure on actual structure while I'm recording. Um, But there's always, um, you know, when you record everything and it's, it's, of course it's all multi-tracked, you know, there's always like already like a five or six minute chunk, which, which is already there, you know, you do basically, yeah it's a very quick way of um, of laying things down but yeah i mean the 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 really the thing to be looking for is the the moment where you think everything comes together you know and uh, you should be recording at that time <laughs> <laughs> and um, um it's it's like a something in between designing things and stumbling up, stumbling upon things basically yeah. you know that's that's what i find uh, the most rewarding uh, way of doing things because um yeah, it's not so literal. You know what I mean. It's um, you 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 uh, permit yourself to uh, to discover things at the same time you're mm. writing things, and I think that's the the most fun process. Yeah, so introducing. I mean, so, sometimes it feels like it's introducing almost like another another person into the room. Yeah, life, you know, like adding the kind of like elements of of chaos and weird things that I feel like I wouldn't come up with myself. Yes, yeah. like the. No, I mean, you, you wouldn't. I mean, as, as some of these things you'd like to program it, uh, you'd have to be insane. So it, it's just, it, there's, some, there's some processes that you're never really going to come up with. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, introducing those into your workflow is, is beneficial. I, I'm not convinced by the idea of, like, AI written synth parts and you know like chord structures or whatever yeah and I think that's something that people have been yes, talking that's about a whole other kettle of fish yeah you know I mean yeah I just I just mean yeah sorry to interrupt you I, I just throw that I thought, thought yeah, I'd yeah. just throw it in yeah, yeah. Um, because that's the thing that most that a lot of people seem to be struggling with um, clocking you know clocking with um, to make everything run together with your uh, door or your computer mm. what, what are you guys using so, I'm, I'm, I'm having as, a as you suggested yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. i am um... yeah 
You're, you're both using ERMs? The ERM, I've got no. an ERM. But there's another one, right? I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, I've got the, the S&P. I've, I've got a... Yeah, I, I use the SND, um, what's it called? Acme 4. It's a 4 Yeah, yeah, that's port. the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <coughs> yeah so basically, um, the one I use that works with um, an audio signal from, from the door. So it's basically just a pulse that you have as, a, as one yeah. of the tracks. And you send yeah, out the audio that's, signal. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You send out the audio so signal to, to the clock, and then everything. Um, can be converted in the clock to uh, to MIDI or DIN sync or uh, analog clock, um, and it's got sep four separate channels. So basically, um, uh, yeah, you can stop and start each channel individually. So, for example, if you use uh, one of these machines that don't let you so let, don't let you program things while ah, it's okay. running, mm. like a three or three, for example. You know, if you if you want to change the pattern on a three or three, if you want to program it differently. You just stop the channel what the three three is on, reprogram it, hit start again, and it's running with the rest uh, again. You know, and um, because with modular, sometimes if you stop the master clock and you stop the entire thing, um, it might come out different when you start again. Oh, totally. <laughs> because yeah. because, yeah. because yeah. Or, or, you know things might be reset or you know yeah. you know yeah things yeah. might have uh, you know reached the end of yeah. the. The end of the um, an envelope or or a loop or you know if you got triggerable LFOs or whatever you know it's, it could be it could just completely ruin your uh, your sound. Of course. So so stopping one channel um, is is golden in in such situations you know. Yeah. And also it's good for overdubs because you can um, on the one I use you can tune them by uh, go straight to the point like, where yeah you can to, you can mic yeah. you can micro tune it so you don't have to you can basically compensate for the latency so if you're doing an overdub you basically have uh, uh, yeah you can tune whatever is going on uh, what was the name to, of this again it's um, the SND that's the brand it's uh, I think it's German it's SND and then the clock is called Acme 4 A-C-M-E uh, dash 4 um I mean, I, I got it. I got it. I think yeah, before for, the uh, other one existed. For, oh, because I've got, I've, I've had it for years. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And it's also and it's, that's it's clocking um, your entire studio going to yeah. split boxes or pretty much. Or yeah. yeah. And then for the Euro rack, when you actually go to a, a proper clock, what do you use to convert on that end? Um, I usually send uh, the Euro rack stuff clock from the uh, from the SND because it's yeah an, an, an directly from well. that. What's, yeah. What, yeah, what, and then what it, clock are you using in, in the Euro rack system? What clock? Well, yeah. I, clock is the, the the actual pulse is coming from from uh, from the S and D, but then it goes into whatever you know, like uh, yeah. uh, directly into. It depends on the patch, you know. It can go directly into a sequencer, or it can go into a multiplier or a divider, or you know anything that I want to use. But the the clock is very stable, so um, yeah, it's a it's it's a really it's it's actually almost an instrument because you can also swing the clock you can load your own yeah. grooves into yeah, it yeah that's, so that's great so you can you can swing oh. the clock so the whole the whole clock is, is sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's a, and you can per channel there is a, a double and half speed um, possibility so it's very quick to oh you can divide and stuff that's cool yeah yeah but only only yeah, yeah only double and half but it's it's cool to sometimes just um, uh, if you've got something recorded and i think yeah i've got kind of exhausted everything i i wanted 
uh, or you know run out of ideas, I just start playing with um, clock speeds, yeah. and then something completely new happens. You know. Yeah, I've, I've I never had. The, I also have the master clock of my of my Ableton uh, mapped to a fader, so I can yeah. I can go from zero to a thousand in, in like in, on one slider. So it's yeah. sometimes fun to do, okay. you know, yeah, like just totally just, just give it a whack and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So let's see what else we've got in the I comments. Think, I think it's essential. Mm -hmm. It's an essential thing, a master clock. Video keeps on dropping out. Yeah. I said it's essential to have a... Uh, have a, a master a master clock. Oh yeah, especially if you want to if you want to record something and using eternal sequences and you want to go quickly to, to say bar sixty five and then if you can't get it to stop and start arrangement. Yeah, yeah, Steffi, you you were yeah, dropping out, but yeah, I totally agree. It's a, it's pretty much the same as what you were you and guy were discussing earlier um it it's one of these things like it's it's like a patch bay you know you don't want to spend money on it because it doesn't make any sound but yeah. it makes your life so much easier because yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's not just yeah, a, like a, a, a start issue it's not just things starting at the same time it's like little micro drifts throughout the entire fucking thing which you end up spending hours just like moving little bits. And it's Honestly, just, yeah, I'm, I, I don't use a master clock. Um, that is my life, basically. Yeah. The last thing you want to spend 500 bucks on is that, basically, the last possible thing. But it does I've make been talking yeah, and everything you see about it for about two years, I think. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. sure. Hey, I see. Mr. Geiger, Geiger. Hey, Mr. Geiger, yeah. What's there up, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I've got a pretty weird setup. So I, think I saw, I saw I... someone going on about how the ERM clock can yeah. also do... You don't have a master clock. I do have one, yeah, but I actually... It's pretty hard. I have to send MIDI I don't clock. Have a master. Yeah, yeah, James... <laughs> Mine sends MIDI clock over to you know. my uh, Octatrack, which then sends just literally a, a MIDI signal back to a MIDI converter on Eurorack. And then that sends out just like, I've got it on like a 16th note pattern. And then that is the absolute tightest that I've found, aside from actually using any of its internal <laughs> clock settings. Actually, just using the pulse itself is just, just way tighter for me mm. for some reason. It's quite quite long winded. But I, 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 it was one of the last things that I bought, although I had so much hardware. And then uh, when I started using the external sequencer, then I was just bumping into some real issues. And then I got this. Uh, it's called the Sync Gen Two. It's an Australian guy who made it. And somebody said to me, like, you have to get a master clock. And then ever since that thing came into the studio, that made the whole thing complete because I can just work from my hardware sequence sequence without using the computer or work from, from the computer. And then the computer will give a signal to everything, inclu including the hardware sequence or hardware yeah. sequence. 
So, oh, if I just, I just don't want to be bothered by the computer, but start working already and then doing a jam. And then after like half an hour saying, oh, this is nice. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'll, let me just quickly switch on the computer. So it's like, it's two ways of being able to uh, get yeah. everything going right, without not necessarily having to put on the computer first, which is quite, um, quite so good how, for quick. How, that is useful. how do quick you do with, uh, with clocking then, uh, James? Are you just sending Badly? out a pulse? Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Correcting right now, it like, in Ableton. Yeah, I mean, literally. Like, so, because, I mean, yeah. there's so much drift from all right. I mean, because I'm not sure how to, I've got various kind of modular sequences and stuff, and I'm not sure they're all kind of like super tight. There's always drift between everything. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. recording in, that's, you know, like. That's the Audio quantizing. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, but generally, like it will be coming out of pulse coming out of Ableton into right now the endorphins. What is it again? Is it the shuffle control? Yeah. And then basically, then that will be going out into a, a 4MS clock and then that will be being sent around. But there's always drift. And I know I'm making my life so much, so much harder than it needs to be. But I just haven't got around to changing it. <laughs> but then again, yeah. but then again, it's also sometimes it's just a matter of like just like audio quantize, which is pulling and pushing a little bit, and then you're good to go. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's it's whatever you're used to. So sometimes like when I'm, like sometimes it's you have to you have to really, remind yourself. It's very actually, chaotic. So people were actually able to. <laughs> yeah. People were actually. You don't know where the one is anymore. Yeah. I suppose people were able to make music before any of this stuff as well. People did get things done by splicing tapes. I and mean, that. I mean, oh yeah. So like yeah. we are, we are like pretty <laughs> totally I mean, you're now in terms of this stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Steph. But are you? Are you? Do you? You have a drum and bass background, haven't you? Yeah, I used to make no, drum and bass. the guy yeah. has a drum and bass uh, uh, um, background, right? If I'm okay. Well, if you sometimes... Oh, shit, my, my audio keeps dropping out. Sorry. But sometimes if you hear old like breakbeats or 909 kick underneath and the sample is not tight at all, you're like, no, 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 how no, the it's... hell did they... How the hell did they not hear this? But it's within the range of, of like... Where you're just just shortly before you go like ah you know like ah you know yeah. but it's still kind of it still kind of fits because I probably have this adds to the, adds to the yeah. oh completely yeah exactly exactly lined up yeah exactly exactly it's like sometimes the tighter it is the more uninteresting it starts starting to yeah. get because if you just like that's, you play that's, like that, that's what i tell myself anyway <laughs> without my master <laughs> hey but yeah. uh, james have you have you tried yeah. just um uh doing uh several okay. channels of clock from from your computer into different uh spots in in your um uh, system, system? Yeah, like you, wow. you know, in theory, you can basically use 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 uh, pulses in 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 your yeah. door as triggers, right? Yeah. So you can you actually you could actually draw out an entire yeah. Uh, yeah, rhythm right, section I guess, rather than having it basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set. yeah, yeah. Totally. Actually, quite. Yeah. Can you use? Uh, isn't there a CV tools uh, thing as well for for clocking? I think there is. Maybe that's something you could try as well. Check it out. I haven't actually. Yeah. I haven't, Likely, probably. I have to check that out. Like, I think. I mean, I haven't actually properly checked out the CV tool stuff yet, which is a bit stupid. But 
I think maybe uh, let let ha let's have uh, people in the comments suggest uh, suggest uh, some clocking stuff. Uh, James's clock. clocking solutions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tips for James. Tips for James. Come on, people. <laughs> let's see. Well, I think the clock that I have is, is is stopped. Like they don't make them anymore. Right. Uh, okay. I'm, I think maybe um, another another thing I wanted to touch upon with um, uh, James and uh, Guy is uh, collaboration. How do you deal with that? Because uh, uh, were you when when you did the album was was it uh, recorded in one studio or did you um, swap things around or did you visit each other or how how did it come about? Uh, an, an album together with Guy or. Yeah, just the, uh, just the, your, the record just, we did. Yeah, do you, and, do you mean the uh, uh, Model Authority record? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's uh, it's been a while, but uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, we used to live uh, right next to each other. James lived like, below me like, in ah, the same okay, building. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so you you were actually together in person to to yeah. produce. Okay. Yeah. Certainly for right. that. I mean, I think so. I think, anyway, I can't really I remember. That, that, like, that, that, a long that, time ago. No, that record was written before we were living in on Paul Lincoln. Okay. That was, yeah, and I, I mean, I remember finishing it back, or, or some of the tracks back in Cambridge. Actually, mm. you know, I remember having sessions there. I remember having sessions uh, in a flat in Berlin in off off uh, Schlesien. Like it was all over yeah. the place, but certainly it wasn't a remote thing. Like we were always in the same room when when we wrote that EP. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. To me, I guess that's the you know it's the only way to really do it. You know, to be in the same room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult otherwise. I mean, I, I, th I think it's agree. possible. I, I think I think it's definitely possible because I mean I do this project with David Camden Ray Neon Chambers, mm -hmm. like, and um, when we when we started this, like, I mean. It was. It was. I'd, I'd go over to his his flat in Berlin, and we'd spend like weeks at a time recording. Just I mean, recording heaps of stuff, whatever. Um, but then, because obviously now I live in London, like I'd go back to my studio in London. He'd stay in his studio in Berlin, and then we'd kind of speak every day about what we were doing. But we'd work remotely. But because we had that kind of like that uh, those kind of like several weeks of core material to work from we knew where things were headed i think speaking, it helps speaking of oh, the devil clocking tip for you <laughs> um but yeah so I, I think you definitely don't have, have to be in the same in the same room to get good results but i think it i think no i agree i agree i think it can help like and certainly when you know when when we maybe a couple of sessions you know like exactly. if got a couple yeah, yeah. of sessions in the same room exactly exactly it's like i think especially at the start of a project when you're kind of finding, but, but, finding out what it is what it, what it's about you know it depends yeah. on the situation i guess there's a certain pressure there if you don't know someone particularly well sometimes it could be better to be sat on your own where you don't have to worry about someone looking over your shoulder and perhaps no, you've got weird ways of doing things that you're embarrassed about, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I quite often feel like that. I'm like, Jesus, imagine if I had a real producer in this studio watching yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. 
No, I, I, you know, whatever the the state of your skills is, I mean, um, whatever you, whoever you collaborate with, you always learn new things, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, hundreds, yeah, totally. I wouldn't say there's ever anything. I mean, if your output is is has been consistent and and good, so what is there to be ashamed of or to be uh, mm. embarrassed about? You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah, mean there's so many ways to so there are so many ways to get to the to the end point, you know. So how? Um, yeah, I don't see. I don't see there as a problem. Yeah, it's more or about anything just, to be just, worried about. Yeah, just finding someone that you kind of click with, basically. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah, things happen without too much effort, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, me and James. Yeah, did one exactly. Of that. Oh. Exactly, I agree. Yeah, we should do some more James anyway. Really, I mean, we. I think literally, like Tim was every... actually asking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tim. <laughs> to be fair, well, we we've talked about it about, about one, it once every six months, yeah, sure. I guess, for, sure. for the last few years, and it still hasn't happened. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel know. like we're edging closer. Like I feel like we're edging closer, but it is a constant conversation, like, and we haven't haven't got there yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, let's see what else we can cover. Um, Are there anyone? Is there anyone in the in the comments that? Oh, Steffi! Oh, no, there, you're back. You're back. <laughs> Were we, uh, are we still on collaborating, or did I miss something? I think so. Yeah, Karam, pretty much. Karam. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Would you yes. collaborate with a producer from a different genre? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. I think. Have Anybody. You. Have you? I don't give a shit what they do. Far more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say I'd, I'd say the same thing about remixes as well. I would always much rather remix something that is not within my kind of realm because you're just going to yes. get mm. parts yes. that you're you know not exposed to so often, and it's going to be a more interesting experience for you. I mean, not, there's only so many times you can get sent like six minutes of nine oh nine kick and still find it exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. with 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 mixing stuff from the genre you're you're um uh, they ask you for you know if it's very similar or very close to what you're doing you're basically forced to make a new track out of it rather than um giving your opinion or giving your your view on on what's there you know so it's um yeah a lot of remixes in you know techno or whatever or in club music or whatever they uh they either become like a really lame uh slightly different version or a totally mm -hmm. new, new track you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's I true mean, it's I, hard to... I think it's exciting to step out of the box I mean sometimes it's sometimes it might be confusing if you are doing the same genre you have a certain consistency and a certain audience that you reach that you know they'll fall back onto on, on, on you know you can fall back onto them and you, they know what you're doing but on the other hand if you if you're looking at being a producer and just leave the club aside, I think it's a massive challenge to get your horizon as, as broad as, as possible, and especially when yeah. you're kind of like entering the pop world. Like I've been doing quite a few big remixes last year, which were all like very pop related. That was a massive challenge. I loved it. And it was so fast and so easy because you didn't have to, think about like oh does it have to have that kind of sound and now i'm not so i'm not so style related thank god because i also obviously work a lot with vocalists and stuff but 
like I think it's really liberating not having to narrow your down yourself down to a certain palette that you have to deliver a certain sound because people expect this from you and, mm-hmm. and the, the further away your your um, if you're remixing the further away the original is the more freedom you get because it doesn't matter whether you take it left or right you know it's mm. like how, how when you drop your expectations or don't give a fuck what other people hope the outcome to be then I think that's very liberating I love yeah. I love it to listen to people that do difference. I mean, I love working with vocals, obviously, because it gives a whole different approach. But like, also, like, if you're not style, style committed, then it can only you can only get better in the end of the day because you will always bring something back to the to your own drawing board. What you learned with working yeah. or remix mm-hmm. or remixing some somebody else. You know, I love that. Like, I, I think people are sometimes way too um, focused. Like when you're collaborating, you can instantly see somebody's open for it. If they start to, oh, no, no, I don't know, then I'm just, okay, way too yeah, iffy. Yeah. But they look like, <laughs> I don't give a shit what happens. Let's let's bang it out. And then I already know it's going to be a fun day. It's the mm. same with remixing. If they go like, oh, can you make another, uh, you know, yours featuring Virginia? No, I can't because she's not singing on your record, is she? You know what I mean? Like, But that has happened so many times where you're just like, oh, no, I, I, I can't deliver what you want. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. nothing worse than being asked to do something in a particular yeah. style because yeah. it, I just find it very difficult to land on particular things on any day anyway. It's usually yeah. Yeah. other things that yeah. dictate where I end up, not like, oh, I want to make a track like this. It just doesn't mm. really happen like that. In fact, usually yeah. it, it ends up going in the opposite direction. So Yeah. So, I mean, also, basically, essentially, what someone's asking you about that is they're putting a kind of like a restraint in the rain on your creative process. Mm. And yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, that's they do. why I started making music. Yeah. You know? I can't yeah. understand people might have certain preferences. With, you know, like maybe they like a certain thing that I did more than something else. But it's like if if they if they want to bring like another artist into the mix, then that artist should be given the freedom to work how they feel they want to work. Totally. Yeah, but some but sometimes the the people who ask a, a specific artist for a remix want it to sound like that specific artist because they they you know they want the their signature on on the the track which is remixed you know so yeah which is a pity if they often have the expectations for example if they ask uh, you James uh, they really what they really want is a Saya track I know but what is a Saya track that's the yeah thing. of course, of course. Like, yeah exactly, and, and exactly. Like, yeah. You know, so it's maybe you know, I, th- I think yeah. it's more kind of odd. can you just do something like this you know your big one the one everyone knows exactly. yeah exactly. well that's, that's what I mean that's what I mean yeah, yeah. But, 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 but that's the thing it's like I mean I've, I've, I've had exactly that I mean many people would like me to do Christ again you know like, but, yeah, I've had yeah. but I'm not interested in doing that again because no. that was exactly. I mean by the time that came, yeah. and by yeah. the time yeah. that came out that was like that was your years. vibe and, then and, and, yeah. well, even but I mean that was my vibe four years before that came out to be honest and so by the time then like maybe three four years after it's come out someone's asking me can why can't you deliver that again it's like well mm. that was me like eight years ago or whatever you know but like, for example change. Sorry, sorry. I, just, no, no. I wanted to I wanted to bounce that back to you, Joachim, because you, you like way way back, you did a, a remix for Björk, didn't you? Like uh, mm-hmm. of the first album. Like you were not restricted of like did did you get a, a some kind of a briefing? No, no, no. Like, I, 
no, certainly not. But I mean, the to be honest, the the, the sort of pop remixes I did um, uh, were way more um, um, free. You know, there was much more, mm. way more freedom. I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I must say the the ones that I've done for pop artists are they never told me what to do. They just wanted me yeah, to exactly. uh, just mm. go in and go. see whatever. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, just make something nice out of it. Um, but the ones that are, uh, you know, you get to you get asked for to do uh, in, in more like the the dance floor world. You know, they they are they 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 have a. A very specific thing in mind, you know. They they really yeah. want to have, you know. So I st- I st- to, to be honest, I stopped doing them because I don't I don't want to go doing something which I've already done, like change. Yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I think yeah. also like if you if you pick your remixes um, uh, with a little bit of care, then you can always talk to the label and say like, hey, listen, I've I've heard the original. I've got a great idea, but you have to you have to let me be completely 100% free and I want to go wild with it and most of the time they'll respond like oh I want you to go wild that's great you know like mm, I, yeah. I, I I did one remix last year and he said like the, 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 the track was 60 BPM and then, then they said like it would be amazing if you could do a dance floor mind but if, you, if you're not up for it you'll just do whatever because we like what you do as an artist we don't give a shit what you do but if you're up for it so I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Like it's it's fun to do a dance floor banger. And then there was another guy who gave a dance floor banger. And he said, like, do something wild with all your drum synthesizers and just make it something. Woo! And then it became the opposite. So it's, I think it's also about the communication with the label or the A and R manager or the yeah. artist that gets remixed and I mean, yeah, I... kind of feel if it's your vibe. But if they're too iffy, you're like, oh, can you make it sound like this? I'm like, sorry, I'm not. I'm not yeah, then, you, then you don't have time. No, that. Well, you don't I mean, want to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's just about some open-mindedness on the on the side of whoever you're remixing, I guess. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, I didn't put uh, drum cells thing in the in the screen, but it, maybe I did it by accident. But um, it connects to what we're saying, I guess. <laughs> Are there any collaborations any of you have done with someone outside your genre that maybe many people might not know about uh yeah. <laughs> yes you have yeah Steph- Steph- yeah 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 i did also quite some co-production and it's not always credited or ah okay or okay okay or, or or collaboration on a different name and i haven't I haven't revealed it yet or something yeah yeah that's definitely something that i've done i think I mo that. is uh <laughs> is waiting for the scoops <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's nothing that's nice, uh, yeah. nothing that's a secret and that exciting. It's not a secret, yeah, but it was just like well, I wish I had something a, to know? drop. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, sometimes it doesn't need to be told, right? Does it? And somebody else like, oh yeah, it's my record. Oh really? Didn't know it was serious. Yeah, I made that with that guy. Just, but that that's not. It's, that doesn't always have to be. Um, if you if you work with a label that has just no artwork or just some stamp and it doesn't say who it is, then it sometimes doesn't come out. It's quite it's quite fun, no? It's a mystery still, though. It's not. Yeah, there's not, nothing wrong with that. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I've done loads of stuff on the different names, um, but yeah. not not anymore though. But it was um, in in the nineties. I did a lot of uh, production things, which uh, which which was just um, a thing to fund fun. fund the studio. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great on discos because now people can say like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, there are some... And then they can click and a click and a click and a click. I've been, yeah. able, to, I've been able to keep it uh, completely... Uh, I have you. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there, yes. some, is, there, is, there, is there like one that you would say like I, I'm never going to tell anybody like it needs to stay a secret kind of thing? It's not as much. Ish. I, I don't. No, it's not really. I mean, um, uh, it's it's to be to be honest, it's completely irrelevant stuff. It's stuff that I don't even um, like, you know. But I just had the studio to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it funded like a, a lot of the machines back in the day you know so it, it was just a served its purpose then basically yeah sorry yeah yeah exactly. served its purpose. yeah yeah absolutely yeah but i don't I do think... that anymore everything that i do the last you know decade or whatever is uh, is all it's it either stays in the studio and i don't ever release it or i release it under a name you know like publicly i don't do production jobs anymore what about you have you ever done that like uh I mean, lots of my, you know, kind of mystery white label projects or whatever, but nothing, right. not really studio work with other people. I've okay. mixed stuff for friends in the past, um, which I've really enjoyed doing and getting involved in the creative process in a, in a different way, coming in at a different stage. And I think, you know, coming in with fresh ears and no kind of, like, you're not kind of attached to anything. I think that's really interesting. Um, and that's something I'd like to do more of, certainly. Particularly now I'm not traveling so much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nothing really beyond that that's, uh, that's a secret, really. There's a question about artwork by Tim Young. Sub Tim. Uh, I think it's more or less directed to, uh, to Guy about um, how important is artwork um, for you guys recording to... Um, avian i can tell it's yeah i think it's i think it's part of the entire package i i think it's important i think aesthetics are important how things are presented is feeds into how it's perceived and listened to as well so i Mm. think that's i think it should never become more important than the music itself which is a whole other area that we could get into perhaps we won't I agree. I, I, I guess it helps. Cre- it helps telling the story of what you want to convey, right? It's um, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a tool to kind of you know give to, to place what you've done, place your art, and give it context. Basically, I suppose identity. Um, yeah. yeah, identity and context. So, but yeah, when that starts to overtake, you know, what it actually is itself, that's. Yeah, a different matter, I suppose. Right. But yeah, I, I think it's important for sure to answer the question. Very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see what else. Um, we are almost hitting the two-hour mark. Jesus. Um, yeah. Is there anything any of you wants to plug? Something you're working on or is going to be released uh, soon? Or um... I just did an album. Came out a couple weeks ago. Beyond that, yeah, unfortunately, we don't have we don't have any gigs to plug. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You yeah how's see it, me no. in the near future anywhere at all beyond? How, how is um? Have you because I haven't released anything during um, uh, the COVID period? But do you think? Can you tell me? Is it 
do you feel a difference in terms of how it's being picked up or or is it the same or is it, is it more is there more interest in people i mean playing? obviously i'm not hearing anyone play any of it no of it's, course yeah that's a weird one isn't it it's it's not not getting those kind of reactions to how it sounds on the dance floor i think that's the main thing that i'm missing at the moment actually is feeling music in your chest like the physical element of it but um i think people were still engaging with with music in a in a meaningful way i think people are yeah, all about right. supporting artists directly at the moment yeah. getting involved through Bandcamp, and i think people are even if they've got a fucking spotify account they'll be like oh you know what i want to buy this because i like what this person does and i want them to continue doing it and i think that's extremely important yeah, there's, there's and, like, some awareness going on isn't there like yeah. you, can clearly, you can clearly see that people are yeah Bandcamp has become a, band, band, Bandcamp has become a really nice place to discover music as well you know it's uh, totally it's, I mean uh, the, the amount of stuff so just since they've been doing these uh, Bandcamp Friday things the amount yeah. of stuff that I have stumbled yeah, upon is crazy I mean there's yeah. just it's insane it's a wealth insane. of incredible music out there that I never yeah. would have touched on so yeah yeah that's, yeah, we've been we've been on it for ages, but now only in the, I think in the last year it's been uh, it's 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 going crazy there. Yeah. And, um, also, just to go there and, and discover music yourself, it's a it's a really nice uh, really nice place to um, to hang out. You know, you you find things that you would never have, um, yeah find elsewhere. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, people I, seem to kind of make, make it like like a massive group of people seem to commit only to to Bandcamp. They kind of like distance themselves from the more uh, regular platforms. Like, uh, well, we don't have to mention them, but like they find uh, like Bandcamp a little bit more um, less overwhelming, like advertising wise, and like. The stuff that gets promoted is not so less obnoxious. less corporate and more like yeah, less actually, corporate, more like you know, more like your money a, goes towards something yeah, that you care about yeah. rather than I mean, some yeah, fucking, yeah, but also not yeah. like a top ten by somebody. Like if you open the yeah, site, exactly. it, it feels it feels like oh, oh yeah, it, the it, first it thing feels, you do is like oh, you know, it feels it like, feels more like actual record shopping to me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think what's interesting now is that we can still we can see a massive division between the people that buy your records are not the DJs anymore, which was a bit of an odd thing in the beginning. But now it's like it's a really great sign to see. I've been releasing more on my labels than I used to when there was no COVID, and I can see that there's a is a devoted um, group of people that still buy records, for example, that are the people that haven't lost their jobs, that, that still want to buy their records because they are devoted to have their musical and physical product. And, and it, it has made no difference at all in the sales of vinyl, which I think is amazing. I mean, it's weird that you can't have your shit be played out on the dance floor and listen to it or somebody bumps into you and says like, oh man, I've just bought a new record. Da, da, da. But the, the vinyl sales, if it comes to the physical product, it, the, the group of people is not the people that lost their jobs because of the COVID situation, but it's just a, a, a nice little group of people that say like, oh, I, I do my little round of shopping every month and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has, hasn't stopped, which is amazing. And I think... Therefore, there's also a little bit of awareness now that people are seeing, like, it is important to support the artist because this can actually happen, that the dance industry never, ever, ever 
kind of gets back on their feet and then mm-hmm. you're missing out on your favorite DJ being able to live off the fact that they made greater album yeah. and and they can't tour so can you just buy it and not just illegally download it or just actually buy the wave file so that th- this person has earned some of their music because they can't tour and I think they kind of get that now you know what I'm saying like there's a little bit of a um, mm. awareness more than before which is good I think yeah it actually feels like a like a community, really, mm-hmm. which is which is what everyone wants, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. For this thing to be, for it to actually feel like something, and uh, I think it's nice to connect people with to connect with people in a in a different way rather than just you know, yeah from 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 DJ actually. Um, but you're right; it, it does does seem to be more awareness around it, and yeah, it seems to be like building up to something which I think is great actually and the more yeah, people that are going to reject the current model of just sort of oh you pay your 10, 10 euro a month subscription to Spotify and that's it you're a music fan right? exactly. you can listen exactly. to whatever you want yes. and yeah, that exactly is that. Yeah. yeah come on it's not it's not sustainable no, at the end of the day yeah. but people I think yeah, you're right people have realised that and hopefully they. I mean cleverer people than me are wondering wondering i guess what what can be put in its place i don't know but you know like the fact that people have realized that it needs to change is a positive thing for sure i think there should be a little bit more advertising and more streaming with some 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 of the key figures explaining how important it is to buy your music and to distance Mm. first of all distance yourself from illegal downloads because it's embarrassing Illegal downloads are are not really the thing anymore, right? No, it's it's streaming. It's streaming, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, just to like kind of because you can't eliminate um, Spotify. You can and and YouTube. You can just educate and SoundCloud. You can educate the platform a little bit more that they have to be a bit, a little bit more supportive in the percentages that they're going to pay out and make sure that it comes to the right people. But also, also make make the little. the new group of consumers, which are very young and, and, and brought up in a whole different way, maybe just by actually hearing other people say it like, oh, my favorite DJ just told me that it's important if I just buy an MP3 because then, you know, he doesn't have to stop uh, doing this or that and actually I can give something back. I think that yeah. they're, they're not even they're not aware of it because they're so young. But if somebody would actually, we, we're aware of it because we used to be buying because physical products. Because we know how it was before. This yeah, is because we bought, and, and these kids, you can't blame them because they haven't got a clue. And then I think if there's more seminars about it or more fun videos or just small, small little things like, hey, you know, do this or that, then they might get more like, oh, oh yeah, of course I can do that. Yeah, why not? Like, mm. it's nice to have my own collection and fuck around in tractor or, or whatever you want to use, you know, when you listen to your collecting yeah, your you collect, can't, your collection you, of you can't time. you can't blame them that they don't have a clue. Yeah, because, you can't blame I mean, them. It's very difficult. I mean it's just it you basically wherever you go you're bombarded with free stuff all the time, yeah. you know? Like Yeah, that's yeah. the whole world now, isn't yeah. it? Like Yeah. It's it's uh it's consume consume. But it's nice <laughs> to maybe emphasize it at some point and say like, "Hey guys, you know, we could Actually, instead of just streaming your all your bollocks on the TV the whole day, maybe just do do a nice lecture about like the possibilities how you can spend five euro in a decent way. You know, like right. there's no harm, there's no harm in dreaming. You know, yeah, I think it's positive. It's a good outcome after COVID that there's more awareness awareness 
of how, how, how massive it can go wrong and that you can actually lose the option of cl going clubbing and uh, the way to keep the vibe alive is by just spending the one euro or the two euro on a wave file or an mp3 or a flak or whatever, you know. Yeah, Sven Wittekin has a good point. If you're um, re if you rely on streaming uh, and the, the service ceases to exist, um, yeah, your collection is gone, and that's true. I mean, true, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm yeah, with I you mean, the, all the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a great point what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. and to also to um, um, to own something feels like more valuable in some point, yeah. in in some way, I guess you know, instead of. Um, you know, just picking, you know, just streaming things from the cloud. You never really um, have a relationship with um, your favorite music or artist or whatever. You know, it's like a very, um, it's untouchable. It's, uh, how do you say that? What's the good word? Um, there's not, there's not really um, uh, tangible. Yeah, tangible, tangible thing. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because essentially it is. It's like if you're streaming, I guess you're going to be going through one of these probably like monolithic huge companies. So there is no relationship at all with the artist. You know? mm. So even if you're talking about like buying digital or even streaming over over something like Bandcamp, like you know, already you're building up that that kind of like relationship because you know you're directly supporting the artist and and the music that you love. You know. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that in itself is a tangible connection, like, and that's without even thinking about physical, you know, which, mm. I mean, I, I consume most of my music digitally these days, unfortunately, but I really miss, I miss, well, I used to work in record shops and I really miss that, mm. but, you know, like the, the, the convenience that digital brings kind of can't really be denied, you know, but I do yeah, think... Yeah, it's also not a crime, is it? No, no, of totally, course not. But I, but I think that maintaining that kind of like, like Guy said, that community and that kind of uh, relationship between like you know artists and people who love the music and want to support it and stuff is super important. And that's really. I think what, yeah, I, I completely right. agree. I think what what's what's lacking is is a uh, a platform that actually makes it fun to hang out and and look at streams and knowing that like you can I I either voluntarily donate something to the DJ and the DJ uh, plays stuff that gets registered and paid and paid instantly or like more like interactive stuff that when you listen well, to the stream, it's already possible. It, it's already possible. Yeah, but you just know? on I mean, a you Patreon, scale, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's Patreon and there's like a YouTube super chats where people can donate stuff. Uh, on Twitch, but it's you can do tiny. The same thing. It's a tiny world. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's getting there. I mean, there's yeah. so many. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, You know, streams are absolutely exploding at the moment, and you see a lot more uh, interaction of with with audiences and and people who are providing content or music or whatever. And um, it's yeah, it's I see it pop up. You know, everywhere more and more than than uh, than it has ever been. You know, like the people. Um, are willing to contribute to um, to what people are uh, mm. giving away or you know providing whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's I think, I think people are, people understand its value and they they understand that it it doesn't just exist. People people have to yeah. put a lot of time and effort into this stuff. And if you put a lot of time and effort into something, then of course you need to be paid for it to mm. maintain. That's right. 
That's yeah. right. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science at the end of the day, I suppose. It's just <laughs> people need to be paid for their work. <laughs> for yeah. some of it, it is. Yeah. Seems that way. Yeah. All right, people. Um, yeah. Anything else we should cover? Because um, we're already over two hours. Uh, don't want to keep you from your um, your other th- other stuff. Um <laughs> Anything? I'm good. <laughs> All good. Okay. I'm good. Um, I have to say, uh, we, um, uh, I will be online after this, uh, and you are invited as well uh, on our Discord server. We've uh, set up a Discord server to uh, for people who have haven't seen their questions uh, answered in the, in this stream. Uh, um, sorry, we can't. You know, answer every question. But if you if you do want to have, uh, you know, ask us anything sp- specific, or if you want to continue hanging out, uh, the link of the Discord server is should be in the description of the video, or it will be posted now. Um, so you're invited to uh, come over there and uh, hang out for the Not Twiddlers hangout after. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you there. Dreams um, are on you. <laughs> Cool. Um, so yeah, guys, it's really nice, really nice hanging out with you guys. Um, yeah, likewise. Richard. Thanks for yeah, having really me. Yeah, really good to yeah, see you. For the invite. Good to see you guys. Yeah, really good to see you. Yeah. Um, you know, by uh, by the lack of uh, physical uh, meetings this summer, uh, this is a good way to uh, yeah, to still totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and since you're um, close now, um, guy. Um, yes. Hit me up. Hit me up. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'd love to come and check it out, actually. It, cool. I mean, it looks amazing. I'm just checking what you've got behind you. So, yeah, it'd be <laughs> great to come over, for sure. Nice one. Okay, cool. All right, then. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone. And uh, have a nice evening. And ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.